0: Good morning, people of God. Oh, it's a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen? And you're like, no, it's getting cold. I'm like, yes, it's getting cold. Yes. So wonderful that you are here today, whether you're first time or you've been here a bunch of times, whether you're joining us online or in person. Oh, welcome. It's, it's, it's good to be here together. How blessed are we that we get to have worship and give thanks to our God this morning. Amen. 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 Uh, for those of you joining us online, we will be having Holy Communion, so we invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession this morning. A couple of announcements. Uh, it's time for our annual fall cleanup before, you know, the snows start coming. So uh, this Saturday, uh, what would that be, November 4th? Yeah. Uh, we invite you to come join us at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, hopefully many hands make light work. We'll just tackle things. We're going to be pulling weeds, you know, the, the, the annuals or the flowers that need to come out. Sorry, perennials. Uh, don't pull the annuals. Those come back every year. Yes. No. I'm learning. My thumbs are not green yet. I'm learning. Be patient. Uh, so we just, you know, want to beautify our property before, uh, before winter kicks in. So this Saturday, 9.30, if you're available, it would be awesome for some extra help. Uh, we're still collecting food for the Macomb County food shel- uh, shelter shelf uh, for the next two weeks. And so if you're out you know, grocery shopping or whatnot, all those cardboard boxes that we've got in the entryway, we're just, we want to overflow those so we can be uh, a blessing for those people who don't even know where their next meal's coming from. Again, unless those statistics have changed, last time I looked, it was one in five uh, Michiganders don't know where the next meal's coming from, and that's too high. So uh, we invite you to participate in that. Uh, after worship today between services and after the second service there's also going to be blood pressure screening so if you'd like to have your blood pressure checked this morning uh, that would be wonderful as well it'll be available to you finally i want to invite uh, one of our uh, young adults here to come forward skylar swanson's going to come and share today's temple talk with us again as you came in this morning you received uh, one of these bulletins come on down I, see, I just keep talking, so you just have to, you know, that's just how I roll. So you, you received one of these on your way in today. This is the sem- uh, second Temple Talk of our uh, campaign for this year. Uh, these are also found online on our website, so you can check that out. Uh, but Skylar's going to talk to us today about our youth program.
1: Hi, I'm Skylar Swanson, and I've been a member at King of Kings for over 15 years. When Pastor Dave asked me to speak to the congregation about my experiences with the church, I didn't hesitate. Also, who better to ask people for money than a teenager? (laughs) All jokes aside, I have been involved in King of Kings for basically my entire life. I would like to take a few minutes to mention the youth ministries that King of Kings currently offers. For our youngest members, we have the nursery, and then there's Sunday school. Our current Sunday school program is offered for preschool through sixth grade. Outside of Sunday school, the upper elementary through middle school students can participate in Wednesday night worships. But last but not least, chaos is offered for seventh through twelfth grade students. I can speak from experience on behalf of all of these programs. I am currently involved sorry, I have been involved with these programs for as long as I can and can't remember. I'm currently a part of chaos and am enjoying the events associated with it. So far, we've been able to go to an escape room to work on team building and getting to know the youth here at King of Kings, and just last weekend, we were able to go to Blake's Haunted Orchard. Donations made to King of Kings have helped cover some of the cost. With this, other youth from outside of our church have been able to come to these events to potentially join the youth program here. I can only imagine all the things we'll be able to do if we had someone dedicated to head chaos. Besides the programs that I've mentioned, your weekly contributions also help support events such as Drunk Retreat, the Easter Egg Hunt, Vacation Bible School, the Great X Drama Ministry, Summer Outdoor Worship, and other youth-centered activities. I enjoy giving back to the church's youth programs because I know what a positive impact these had on me. Almost every week, you can find me in the preschool room assisting. The personal connections I have made with the children and the adults are one that I treasure. Many of the members of King of Kings have watched me grow up, and I'm honored to help and assist them in any way I can. I enjoy being a crew leader at VBS and getting to work with the kids to make it a special week. King of Kings has always felt like a second home to me, and I wanted to personally thank all of you who generously donate each week. To those of you who bake cookies, support the youth programs, or take the time to talk of King of Kings, thank you. I have included a few pictures of me at the events at King of Kings throughout the years. If you have any other questions about any of our youth programs, feel free to ask Pastor Kelsey, as she is our children's pastor here at King of Kings. Thank you for our time. And using the wise words of Pastor Dave, the things you put your money toward become your priorities. Please consider making King of Kings one of your priorities.
0: It has been... Uh... I mean, I've been here long enough to where I can start going like, "Oh my gosh, I remember when you were right." And Skylar's one of those where yeah, I just I I'm so blessed to be able to do the confirmation uh, here at, at King of Kings, and so I get to watch these seventh graders show up. And for the most part, they come in very timid and quiet, and I have to pull answers out of their teeth for you know. And they're like, "Is it Jesus?" Like, <laughs> and just you know. Watching Skylar grow has been one of my joys in being pastor here because you went from such a quiet young woman to someone who was like, I would love to speak in front of everyone and tell them how much this church means to me. It was just awesome when she jumped at that chance. So thank you. Uh, and that being the second leg of our campaign, well, uh, you know, we would love to, if, you know, we can, you know, grow our giving to the point where we, we have a dedicated youth and family uh, person on our staff. Right now, both Pastor Kelsey and I uh, a tag team our youth and family ministries. And so, you know, we go from worship on Sunday mornings to meetings in the afternoons to youth group on Sunday nights. And uh, I just kind of say goodbye to my kids at eight o'clock in the morning, and it's like, maybe I'll see you later. So to have someone who can dedicate more time with our kids, I don't know, that just gets me even more excited. So that's part of our campaign for this year. So thank you for your consideration with that, and thank you for sharing that today. And before we jump into worship, I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. For those of you online, up, give a shout out. Say hello. I know that one. Yeah. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit renews the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your word, protect and comfort us in times of trial, defend us against all enemies of the gospel, and bestow on us your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So today is what is known as Reformation Sunday. Today we celebrate an event that happened over 500 years ago now, an event that forever changed Christianity, forever changed the world, largely ignited by a man by the name of Martin Luther. To give you a time frame here, 500 years ago, we're talking about Martin Luther was 8 years old when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He was uh, a young monk and priest when Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel in Rome. I mean, that's the context in which we are talking about this man. A few, a few years after that, he became a faculty member at a new university in Wittenberg, Germany, a little small little town intently studying the Bible. So the sermon is going to come to you kind of in two parts. We're going to have a history lesson about the importance of this day and why we celebrate Reformation Sunday. And then also, what this all means for us today. Okay? Amen? You with me? All right. So, our history lesson in those days, Luther was tormented by the demand for righteousness before God. He said this I did not love, and I, in fact, yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners and secretly. If not blasphemously, certainly murmuring greatly, I was angry with God. Funny, we would have just said, like, I'm angry with God. But no, Luther says, if not blasphemously, certainly murmuring greatly, I was angry with God. He was upset in what was being taught, that God was wrathful and vindictive and a judge first. Before being a loving, forgiving parent. That was being preached more back then. Then in the midst of that struggle with God, the message at the heart of the Bible became so much more clear for Luther, kind of like a long shut door flown wide open, when he realized that a merciful God justifies us by faith, not by what we do or who we are. And because of that, he said, I felt that I was altogether born again and entered paradise itself through open gates. That's how freeing it was for him to hear that God was a loving, forgiving, merciful God. What Luther discovered is the freedom of trusting God's mercy in Christ. He later wrote, faith is God's work in us. So again, it's not even based on us. God gives us faith and then judges us or or treats us in regards to that faith. So God even takes care of that. And that faith in us changes us and makes us to be born anew of God. This faith is a living, busy, active, mighty thing. Faith is a daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that believers would stake their lives on it thousands of times. That's how confident Luther was, that our God is good. Well, this discovery set Luther's life on a whole new course, both his life and his public service as a preacher and teacher. And when the church-endorsed sales team came to Wittenberg in 1517, basically selling the sales of indulgences, which again, if you're not aware of what that is... What was being taught back then was if you want to be forgiven of your sins, you could pay for it. You could give the church enough money to be forgiven and made clean. And that along with all the other stuff that was going on, it set Luther on fire. He was angry how it undermined the promises of God's mercy and forgiveness found in Jesus. So he wrote this this experience, really what it was, 95 theses, which became the first of a lifelong stream of books and letters and and sermons and essays, even hymns, like a mighty fortress is our God, in which Luther expressed his confidence in the promises of God, the gospel, and its liberating implications both in, in the church and in social life. Do you know that you were a part of such an amazing tradition? 500 years ago, Luther stood up for his belief and he hammered this this 95 theses, these 95 reasons why the church was wrong at that time. Why they weren't being true to God's word. Little did he know it would spark an entire religious revolution that would change the church of the world forever. For Luther, it was all about one word, Freedom. In fact, it's what the whole Reformation was all about. A reminder that grace, not judgment, but grace reigns supreme. It was a proclamation that in the end, it's not about us doing or or saying the right thing. It's especially not about paying to have forgiveness, but the fact that there is nothing that we can do to earn God's love and forgiveness. It is a gift and understanding that that is a gift is what set Luther free. So here's what we're going to do today. There's your history lesson, okay? Now we're going to talk about why this matters for us. So every time I say, it's about what? I'm going to invite you to say back, it's about freedom. So I say, it's about what? It's about freedom. Okay. So now let's get into some of what would have been driving Luther to stand up for God and against the Roman Catholic Church 500 years ago, some of what he would have read, where he experienced a much different God. The first of which, I invite you to follow along on the screen, comes to us from the book of John, the eighth chapter, starting in verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, hold on, we're, we're descendants of Abraham, and we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave doesn't have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. You see, for Jesus, He was all about freedom. In this moment, He's teaching God's people, His people, that they were no longer second class citizens in the kingdom of God. Which was a crazy thing to say back then in the first century because there were totally second class citizens, they were called slaves. And whether it was being a slave to sin or being, you know, occupied by Rome, (laughs) they were slaves. Jesus knew this. And he knew people were going to have a hard time believing that someone could move you from being a slave to being free. There's a system in place. The only person who can grant freedom would be the king or the the heir to the throne, which is exactly what Jesus is saying here. Only the Son of God can make you free, which, by the way, is me. So yes, be free today. He was inviting them to leave their chains behind and to claim the gift of abundant life that God had for them. And that, dear ones, is the truth that also makes you free. That God, through through God's forgiveness, you are no longer slaves to your sin and to death. And God offers you a new identity as God's beloved child because it's about what? It's about freedom. Another reading Luther would have known comes to us from the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament. Would have been written hundreds of years before this. Or the last reading, I should say where Jeremiah writes this in uh, chapter 31, verse 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant or a new promise with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the, the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, even though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer will they even need to teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Which are such amazing words. If we truly let those sink in, wow. Because the reality is, it's the past that traps us. The past that reminds us of all of our shortcomings and our failures and our disappointments. And here, God tells Israel, his people, which by the way now includes each and every one of you, That even though Israel forgot their identity, even though they forgot who and whose they were, even though they went off chasing other idols, other things that didn't lead to true life, even though all of that, that God still wouldn't hold it against them, that He would make a new promise with them, that God would indeed and already has forgive and forget all of their sin. And here's the thing. When there's no memory of the past and no memory of sin The future is open. And when the future is open, it's all about what? It's about freedom. The Gospels. Yes, the the good news of what God has done in and through Jesus for each and every one of us here today and for all the world, it's about what? It's about freedom. From time to time, we may wonder what the Bible has to do with our lives today, what this Reformation and all of our history 500 years ago, what that would make a difference in our lives today. But I'm here to tell you that it does. Because it's a message that we still need to hear and believe every day. That we are not trapped. That no matter what you may have done or what may have been done to you, those things do not get to define you or get to have the final word. And here's the thing, I know that can be hard not only to hear but also to believe or to let ourselves believe that that possibly could be true because some of the things that we have done or some of the things that have been done to us seem so huge, so important, so all-encompassing. I have met people that have had things happen to them 50 years beforehand that has shaped them for the rest of their lives because they could never get past it. And I'm not here, I'm I'm not to say that that, that those, those things don't matter. They do. Illness and failure and betrayal and deep hurts and all of that, they matter. And in fact, they may describe some of what we go through in life, but they do not get to define us. Nothing that we have done, nothing that's ever been done to us captures all of who we are or who we are meant to be. There's only one who can do that. And that's God. That's it. Nothing else. No one else. Not society. Not a family member. Only God. God has created and chosen every single one of you And God has has given you the definition of who you are. And that definition is beloved, forgiven, beautiful, precious in God's sight. That's what defines you. In our baptisms and through our lives, when we hear the gospel in our hearts, that is God saying, You are my beloved, and I love the heck out of you. That's your definition. even with all the scars and the cracks and the broken pieces. And daring to believe that is God's gift of freedom to you today, which means that you and I are free to risk and to serve and to help and to care and to try and to struggle and to laugh and even to fail again. And in the midst of, of all of the difficulties... Whether it's a a massive pandemic or or just having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning and everything in between, all the the politics and the, the gun violence that again ravages our country. Even in the midst of all of that, doing its best to tear us apart, you and I are here to hear this message today that we are free, free to love just as Christ has loved us. That's what these readings are about. That's what the Bible is all about. That's what King of Kings is all about. Freedom. In fact, that's why I'm here today. To proclaim to you that you are free. Do you believe it? Can you let that sink in for a moment? Be free from regret. Those are shackles that just cling to us, aren't they? All those regrets... Those times we, when we have failed, even ourselves or our loved ones. Those doubts that we have, the fear, the self-limitations, our old hurts and mistakes, they are not who you are, so stop letting them be. So let's be free today. If only it were that easy to just, you know, oh, oh, okay, great. I appreciate you telling me. I know. But let's be free Let's stop letting the past define us and let's carpe diem, right? Seize today. Is this getting redundant or boring yet? Because I'm just going to keep preaching it until it actually sinks in. I want you walking out of here going, oh, I wonder if I'm free today. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to take it to the next level. I want to hear you say it. I want everyone in here to shout, "I I am free. Now say it like you mean it. Now, turn to a neighbor and say you are free now I know y'all came with one person today so turn to someone else and say you are free those of you online type it in the little chat box or I mean, tell someone tell anyone today holy cow what a message that we need to hear this world so often tries us to convince us otherwise that you are not enough, that your past is what defines you, that regrets and fears and doubts and losses, they do their best to keep us trapped. (sighs) But not today, amen? Not at this time, amen? Not in God's house, not in any house, amen? amen? Today it's about what? Freedom. Oh my goodness. Dare to hear it. Dare to believe that today. Dare to tell someone else. Have some fun. Go up to a stranger. Even tell your kids. They have some freedom. (laughs) On the front of our little campaign is my son, Augie. Do not tell him that he's on the cover of this week's bulletin. He will let that go to his head, and he'll take that freedom to a whole other level. But... You and I, dear ones, we are free. Free to live in relationship with each other. Free to forgive one another. Even the people that don't deserve it, forgive them. Life is too short. Free to serve one another, to make each life the best they can be. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful way to celebrate the gift that God has given you today? That you and I are free. Well, thanks be to God who gives us life and love and freedom as a gift each and every day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we cannot thank you enough today. Because today we get to fully experience what, what this is all about. What your Bible is all about. What Jesus is all about Each and every day we are free, free from the shackles of sin and from worrying about what happens after this life because we know that you're bigger than death, that you are bigger than everything. And because of that, we need not let fear and doubt rule our lives. And so we see our future wide open, Lord. I pray that that's our experience today and every day, that we know that that every morning we get to get up is a new adventure. May we start every morning with, I'm excited to see what you have in store for me today, Jesus. Because we are free. Free to live and to love and to forgive and to tell others that they can do the same. Let that be our mission today and every day. We ask this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, amen. Whew, working up a sweat up here, all right. At this time, uh, we take a moment to respond to the gift of freedom in our lives through the giving of our offering as well as through the gift of this song. I invite you to stand as you are able. Trusting in the transformative power of God's loving spirit, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, Merciful God, please respond with receive our prayer. Let us pray. Faithful God, your spirit stirs the church throughout the world and binds believers near and far into the body of Christ equip us for the work of faith and enlarge our hearts for the labor of love merciful God receive our prayer creating God the seas roar the earth rejoices and the heavens are glad at the wonder of all that you have made bless the work of those who safeguard the riches of creation merciful God receive our prayer Sovereign God, you rule and authority is is over all the cosmos. Guide elected leaders and public servants with your wisdom and compassion. Allow peace to be present, not only in our own lives, Lord, but throughout the world, especially in the Gaza Strip today. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Caring God, your arms enfold all who are lonely, oppressed, despairing, sick, and suffering, especially those people in Maine who yet again suffer gun violence and hatred and evil. And we lift up to you all those who are on our hearts today. We either say their name out loud or silently in our minds. Anita Jack, Jane, Gloria. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Almighty God, all of our life belongs to you. When earthly idols threaten to lead your church astray, remind us that you alone are the source of our eternal hope, not something that we can earn or buy, but something that you gift to us each and every day for which we cannot thank you enough. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and, and all those too deep for words this morning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, this time, we uh, take a moment to reflect on our week and to confess those times when we failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. And we confess using these words together. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors. And ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear this, dear ones. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. So as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin, regardless of what you have ever done or whatever's been done to you or how much money you put in that offering plate today. I forgive you of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. This time I invite you to take out your communion kits for those of you at home to grab the bread and wine or juice that you have as we prepare to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. We begin with the wafer or the bread. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread He gave thanks and gave it for all to eat. Saying, take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink. Saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this. For the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ, shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this day to be free and to always be in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. May you receive this blessing may the road rise to meet you may the wind be always at your back may the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again and until we meet again may god hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand one final time. With that people of God, may you all, first of all, it's about what? It's about freedom. May you take that freedom and go in peace and share his good news. Thanks be to God.